Welcome to this NHS Employers podcast, which will focus on the HSJ Women Leaders Network. Hello, my name's Adele Waters. I'm the Executive Editor of HSJ, and I'm with Dr Elaine Maxwell, who is Associate Professor in Leadership at London South Bank University, and also a non-executive director at Basildon and Thurrock University Hospitals Foundation Trust. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you very much for joining us. You've been one of our founding members, so it would be good to say what has drawn you to the network and what, what you've particularly enjoyed about it. So I was drawn to the idea of the Women Leaders Network because I think we need to explore more about the issues for women in leadership. The NHS is a heavily female-dominated workforce and therefore there is an assumption that the glass ceiling has been smashed. Uh, but that's not true because the majority of senior jobs are still held by men. And I think that there are some differences between the way men and women behave in leadership roles that need some exploration. One of the things I've liked about the network is meeting people from a range of different professions. So I've met people who work in estates, who work in HR, who I've had less exposure to really, and finding that actually the issues for them as women seeking leadership are the same as they are for me and, and for other women in the NHS. What do you think are the particular perhaps challenges for women in the NHS in a leadership role? And, and how can a network help them? So I think in the NHS, there's still a very uh, heroic, macho image of the leader who's somebody who's very extrovert, who leads from the front, who's very visible and out there. If you look at the academic literature on leadership, that sort of approach has been left behind probably 10 or 20 years ago. And we're now looking more at how people develop relationships and that leadership is a function of a relationship between people rather than something invested in the qualities of an individual. And so I think that we need to recognise that leaders come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, women are traditionally not as vocal, don't put themselves forward as much. Sometimes their careers start a bit later because they've had childcare issues. And that shouldn't be any reason to stop them becoming highly successful leaders. But we need to find a way of making sure that people who have these different approaches can have the opportunities to reach their full potential and that the NHS can benefit from the skills that they bring that complement the more traditional extrovert leadership styles. And do you think that there's something about timing here? The timing's good, you know, given the sort of architecture of the NHS and what's changing in terms of STPs, for example, and the need to work collaboratively. Do you think women are well-placed to lead in those organisations in the new NHS? I wouldn't go as far as to say women are all of one type and men are all of another type. Uh, but certainly I think there is some evidence from um, uh, FTSE 100 companies that if you balance a board, 50-50 men and women, the whole board act in a more relational way. And that must be something to do with the dynamic that's created when you have more women in the system. And I think, uh, as you rightly point out, when we move to more complex arrangements that aren't based on commands and control, or even in contracts, uh, that ability to have connections and relationships is going to be really important. So both women who have traditional uh, leadership styles and men will benefit from having more women in the mix. 
what do you think are skills that perhaps you see right now that you think are particularly um, uh, important to have? Is there anyone, for example, that you found particularly inspiring as a leader? Yes, yeah, so I would say Claire Panicker, who is the Chief Executive at Basel and Thurrock University Hospitals FT. Claire is somebody who is not very loud, but she has this capacity to engage with a lot of people and make them feel that she's truly listening to them. And I think I'd probably describe her as fairly introverted, but she's a very successful leader and she invests to reap, really. She spends the time laying the groundwork, making sure that the organisation is ready for whatever change that she wants to create. And then when she introduces it, they're warmed up, they're ready for it. Mm -hmm. And I think there is an element, particularly as we get to more and more complex structures and partnerships, of really being able to understand where the whole system is at. Can you think of um, a particularly challenging situation you faced from a leadership point of view? I think that um, I didn't pay enough attention in my first executive job to the organisational history. I wasn't respectful enough about what my predecessor had done. And I've seen this a lot of times. People go in and they've got to achieve everything in the first 100 days. They've got to change everything to show that they're being effective. And despite all the talk about transformational leadership, what they're really doing is transactional leadership. How many ticks can I get in a box to show that I've made a difference and, and I was worth employing because most people have imposter syndrome. What I now think and what I teach is that the first 100 days you should do absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. You should do a full diagnostic of the organisation. You should try and build trusting relationships with all the people that you will need on side to make those tricky changes and you should sit on your hands and wait until the time is right. What I have learned from my career is there is probably a bit more watching and learning and reflecting and making sure that I understand all the consequences intended and unintended before I act. I think that also allows you if it's your if you're moving into a different sort of leadership role to put behind your operational role. So one of the challenges is to move away from being an operational manager to be more strategic and actually forcing yourself to sit and think for a while gives you that thinking space and that breathing space that you don't often have when you are in a highly operational role and you're just doing things like this. Um, and sometimes the biggest gift you can give to the system is just to slow it down. And actually that brings us back to this network, doesn't it? The idea that actually this, this is a forum, a space for thinking and sharing, discussing ideas. It is, and I think um, one of the things that I hope we're going to do more of in the future is people who have had um, more senior jobs uh, working more closely with aspiring leaders. Uh, because to be honest, when I first became an executive director, I had no idea what I was letting myself in for. And if I went back to myself, so my first executive job was 99, I would have liked a big sister to come and say, you know, this isn't just the same job working a bit harder in a few more hours. This is quite a different job. One of the, um, one of the phrases that we've coined with our aspiring chief nurses is that, is that um, moving up to executive director 
it's not a promotion, it's a career change. I think that brings us to our final question. One of the things about the network is it, it is for women leaders, but it's also for aspiring women leaders. Is there anything, if you had a, some tips, perhaps three tips for an aspiring leader in the health service today, a female aspiring leader, what, what would you say to them? I would say get a really good mentor. Choose your mentor yourself, don't be given a mentor. It's got to be somebody you fit with and that you trust and that wants to do this and is going to give you enough time to do it properly. Um, you need to think quite, hardly, uh, quite hard about what that means for you. For that might mean another woman. For some people it might not. Uh, it might mean somebody who's done the job you've done. It might not. So the first thing I think is, is uh, a good mentor. The second thing, carrying on my theme, carve out some thinking time. It's very easy to be caught up in the day-to-day -day stuff, which means that you never move forward, you never solve any problems. So make sure you diary in thinking time. Thinking time is work. And the third thing I would say is um, enjoy the moment. It's, uh, it's scary, but it can also be tremendous fun and the satisfaction you get of working with people and changing things is just amazing. Thank you very much in indeed, Dr. Maxwell, for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about the HSJ Women Leaders Network, visit www.nhsemployers.org forward slash NHS Women or join the discussion on Twitter using the hashtag NHS Women.